2: Kroger,
3: fresh for everyone. It's the Son of a Butch podcast. We come to you every Wednesday. And This week's guest, Matthew Pavon, the Frenchman, just got his first win on the PGA Tour. He's one of those players that got into the PGA Tour off of the DP World Tour last year. He's Pretty much played the majority of his career in Europe, but a very, very big win for him and a win that I think could set him up for some really, really good things. Um, He's got a legit chance to make the Tour Championship now. We've got a Ryder Cup in a couple of years, so playing on the PJ Tour full-time now, he's exempt, he's into all the majors, he's into all the designated events, and it was a really, really big win out at the Farmers on a tough golf course, and a really cool talk with, I think, a player that, that's got a pretty high ceiling. Um, confidence is such a huge thing in golf, and I think he's going to take a lot of confidence into the rest of the year. Already got a win early, and he's basically playing with house money, and we're going to see what he can do in 2024, but a really cool interview. So sit back and enjoy listening to Matthew Pavon. So Matthew, the obvious question is if uh, we went back to February of 2023, and I told you that in February 2024, you will be 26 in the world, you'd be playing full time on the PGA Tour, you would already be a winner on the PGA Tour, and you'd be inside the top 30 in the official world golf rankings. Would you have believed that all of that could happen in, in such a short period of time?
4: Uh, in a short period, no. Uh, to be fair, I always played my career step uh, one step at a time. Uh, I know where I come from. I, I know I, I wasn't the most talented, most um, gifted golfer in the world. I had to build my career uh, slowly. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, those ones were my goal. So um, I dreamed about it, and I was ready to uh, to catch those, those momentums. But uh, that quick, you no, know, it's uh, it's just unbelievable.
3: The jump from dp world tour playing in europe um i mean and and you are one of the things i like about your career is you are a product of i still call it the european you're a product of the european tour you played the alps tour you played the challenge tour and then you got to the big tour and now you've made the jump to the pinnacle of of what everybody starts out wanting to do which is play on the pga tour um how has it been different and how has it not been different than playing you full time in Europe?
4: Yeah, I think I only played four tournaments. Uh, two of them were proams, and one was in Hawaii. So I can't say I have like the the proper taste of the PGA Tour best. Um, but no, uh, I think uh, what was key for me is um to keep doing what I was doing last year. Uh, I think people might uh, might change uh, sometimes and uh, get lost a bit. And me, uh, me, I just try to do the same thing to see. Uh, where my game c- could bring me if my game was good enough for the PGA Tour. And uh, obviously, like, those uh, first few weeks showed me that um, my game is probably good enough to, to play here uh, for a long time.
3: I mean, we all, we're always, as instructors and coaches, we're always trying to tell players whatever level they're playing at that's bigger than the one that they were just on, that at the end of the day, it's still just golf. The stage is just bigger. The prize fund is bigger. There might be more good players. But everybody is, whether you're playing on the Alps Tour or you're playing on the PGA Tour, the object and the game, they don't change the rules of the game once you get to the PGA Tour, right? It's not like, okay, now I've got my PGA Tour card. Now the game has completely changed and now there's a new set of rules. It's the same golf that you've played your entire life. Is it hard to, at times, sometimes remember that? Because also now you're going to be in all of the designated events as a winner. You're going to be in all of the majors. So you are now also going to be in that, you were in a winner's category on the DP world. But when you're in a winner's category on the PGA tour, you're playing a lot with the best players on the planet. You're playing with Scotty Scheffler. You're playing with Rory McIlroy. You're playing with all of the superstars. Um, has it been an adjustment and a learning curve? I know we're only four tournaments in, but there are people like yourself, Matthew. You've won your first PGA Tour event in your fourth event on tour. There are rookies that have missed their first four cuts and are, are thinking, okay, am I good enough to be out here? What's the comfort level that you've found so far and how do you think you can keep that going over the course of the rest of the year?
4: Yeah, I think uh we built uh, a nice and uh, solid house let's say I was talking about my swing and uh the last few years um I had to change some things st- technically with my coach uh, made me better I moved the ball left to right and uh, I'm really confident about it. So I think the structure we built is uh, is pretty nice. So I have um I have no nothing in my head when I play. I'm pretty confident on what I have to do, the way I have to practice everything is pretty clear uh clear i think for me what was the the biggest thing is uh, to build um, a project around me uh, a path to uh, to the elite golf cor- uh, the to the elite players in the world and just follow follow that that path after every week every every month every year we are trying to get better but i Always trying to have a uh, objective, uh, look on my performance and see where I can, I can improve and where I can be better, but not making like a revolution or something in my swing. It's just a slight evolutions every time. Like, um, I was uh, saying earlier to, to young guys, uh, I was double chipping too much when I was short sighted. I was trying to be too cute and just, Passing this flag and giving me more opportunities to make a, a putt instead of chipping again, uh, make me make me one few few points on the golf course. And depending where you are, when you are on the on the leaderboard and the the the, the, the tournament, it can make a massive difference on on the season. Um, to be fair, I am uh, again uh, today with you at Floridans with my putting coach also. And uh, yeah, this is for me. This is where I'm. I, I worked the most the last, the last two years. Putting has been pretty big. I was losing point on the green. And now I think for the first four tournaments, I'm in like in the top five of the PGA Tour. So it's a big change.
3: The changes that you've made to your putting, have they been technical? Have they been green reading? Have they been um, a mental shift in the way you're doing it? Or is it a combination of the three?
4: I think it is a, a slight combination. We, ha- we haven't changed my padding stroke. My coach, uh, Jan Carlsen, is really on like, we check that the ball starts online with a uh, f- very simple. I use the, the, tu- the tutor with like the two uh, metal balls. Yes. And then we, um, we check the aims, really important. F- so every- when everything is dialed in with aims and uh, ball start, we compete like we have m- so many games uh in terms of of speed uh, of green reading of uh short putts and light putts so it's a uh, it's a mix of uh, all those great drills and I think it's great because there are so many one of them that you have to hold the putt to finish the drill and it puts you that little extra pressure because you don't want to restart and it's always good to 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 get close to those uh, pressure moments that you find on the, on a the, on the golf course
3: you mentioned um I think that is something that I think so many players um, that aren't great putters, they're thinking about a lot of things, right? They're, they're working on a lot of things. But the way that they aim, and I, I think once you start working on trying to aim the putter consistently, you realize how quickly you can get off and how much that can affect what's going on.
4: Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I, t- I took a week off after Pebble. Not practicing and during time with family. And then I come back on the putting ring first day with my coach. And then we saw that my lines, my lines were terrible. I was aiming like one time left, one time right. That was terrible. And after two, three days, uh, getting back to the basics on the drills we do uh, for, for alignment, uh, it get back right away. So, uh, yeah, I think it is key. I mean, if you're 100% sure that you aim where you want uh, the ball to start and then keep building confidence on that ball start, I think it's uh, it's simple things which uh, helps you create a lot of consistency into, uh, into putting.
3: You mentioned you changed shape from hitting more of a draw to hitting it a little bit more left to right, which is a little bit more of a fade. What was the reason behind that choice?
4: Yeah, so I wasn't really a draw. I was... Also a fade player, but I was uh, missing a lot left, so I, I had to do the those, uh, destructive uh, double cross that nobody likes.
3: Set uh, up for the fade and, yeah, yeah. and, and pull it.
4: <laughs> and then your ball end up into hazards and stuff. So I I always I always played um, I always put myself into like what makes me confident on the golf course. So me every time I miss right, I'm very confident about. When I see my ball curving too much, it's good. Because then I know every time I'm going to end left or to a OB or a short side uh, pin, I know my ball, if I miss the shot, is going to go too much right and on the open side. So this is what we, we changed with my coach, Jamie. On a te- technical point, I was like a, a little bit like uh, my elbow was out and my, my, my club was crossed and now is kind of in front of me and end off. With an open face, so um, that really had me to swing the the club more left and uh, get uh, that get that curve back and very consistent.
3: You come from a sporting family. Your your father was a professional footballer, soccer player for the Americans. Listen, your mother is a golf instructor. Um, how important was the the background? Having a father that was a professional athlete, and then also having a mother that is involved in looking at golf swings and and helping players get better? Yeah,
4: I'm very lucky. I think we... I I was born and raised into a family and sports... uh, yeah sports childhood let's say uh it was all about sport i love every single sport i watch a lot and since i I was kid uh i dreamed about my uh, my dad when i when i was seeing him playing on the pitch i was like this is this is incredible uh they they always have been very supportive to me, uh, very positive. I think that's key when you raise your 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 son or your uh, your daughter with a lot of love and a lot of positivities. Uh, it really helps. They never been really intrusive with me in my career. Uh, they let me let me made some of the mistakes I I, I could have done, and uh, also when I'm doing great things, they they never step in. They are really on my side, and uh, they just trying to to push me. Uh, as much as they can, but uh, with as I said, a lot of love and positivity, which is uh, I think pretty big for me
3: coming from france i mean there is a there is a long history of of some very, very good French golfers, I think unfortunately. The French golfer that people know the most is it's John Velde for everything that happened at the Open at, at um, Carnoustie. But Thomas LeVay, I know, has been a mentor of yours. I mean, a lot of people forget. I mean, Thomas Levey was part of that playoff where Ernie Els won the um, Open Championship at Muirfield. Um, Thomas played on a Ryder Cup. I mean, Thomas had a very, very good career. Um, one of the guys that I always was surprised that didn't do better uh, when I was on the European Tour back in the day, Raphael Jacqueline. I mean, Raphael had a beautiful golf swing. Yeah. Right. I mean, he really hit the golf ball well. Gregory Havre made some big strides and played good that one year at the U.S. Open. Um, coming from France, which a lot of people don't see as necessarily a massive, massive golf country, do you feel like this is an opportunity for you? Because I think it's always important. Everybody, I think, is a young golfer. Their idols are Tiger Woods, the, the greats of the games. But I think it's very important for people that are from countries to be able to have role models that you can say, listen, I'm from Bordeaux. Matthew's from Bordeaux. He made it to the PGA Tour. That's a role model that I can touch and feel because he lives the same kind of life that I live, but that, the same type of upbringing. What role do you feel like this win for you? I mean, it's the first win. They count. Um, there was a French person that won the Open Championship. Yeah, which Messi. now, Yeah. Uh, 1907 is yeah. the last time someone from France won a tournament on the PGA Tour. I mean, that's a huge feather in your cap. But it's also, I'm sure, a responsibility for you now to say, listen, I can now fly the flag for French Cup. We're going into an Olympic year. I mean, you now have a legit chance to represent your country for the Olympics. It's got to just be an amazing time in your life right now.
4: Yeah, it is really exciting. I mean, uh, I think it is, um, I would love to do this, uh, represent my country, not only for Olympics, but trying to to get the best out of me and um, that some young people in France can look at me as, let's say, uh, I don't consider myself yet as one of those big champs. But uh, yeah, the, if I can be a, a, a motor for them, like someone they, they dream about and they want to achieve the same thing that I do or even better, that would be fantastic for me. I think we we had Tony Parker in, uh, in basketball and we saw many great basketball players from France. They came to America and they succeed. So yeah, I think we have a lot of talented guy. Uh, maybe 14 players right now on DP World Tour, which is pretty big for our nation, which is... I think not a very golf nation for now, but it, it is big, I mean, after it's just about creating the opportunity to come play here in America and, uh, and try to do your best, but I think we have a very nice young generation and uh, if I can be like a, a model for them, it's, uh, I'll do it with pleasure and I will try to help the young guys in France as much as I can for sure.
3: 10 of the the top players from dp world now then get pga tour cards um there are a lot of people that 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 think that's really good there are people that look at you could look at that as the european the the dp world tour is going to have their 10 best players go to the pga tour um the role that the European, tour, the European Tour played in your development, now that you're playing full-time on the PGA Tour, now that you will be in all the designated events, you'll be in all the majors, how much um, do you want to continue to support the DP World Tour in future? Yeah, I mean, for me,
4: it's, uh, it's a dream to come in America and play. I've dreamed about it since so many years. Uh, this is where I'm going to settle with my family. This is where I want to compete the most because the best players in the world are, are here, no doubt. But I-, I loved European tour. I had some fun, fantastic years, seven years over there. I won there once in Spain, and uh, it is a nice tour. Um, things maybe can be done a little bit better compared to PJ Tour, which is, uh, for me... Um, a massive organization um but uh, i love the tour i love where i come from and i never forget that so definitely in my schedule i have some spaces spaces open and available for some of the tournament there and i will keep going back to europe to to compete at some points uh, every year for sure
3: the other massive thing for you matthew is from a Ryder cup standpoint it's a hell of a lot easier to to play good in the U.S. on the PGA Tour and make a European Ryder Cup team. That is. <laughs> that is that is a that is a massive opportunity. Not to say that it works out because you could come out and but having won already on on the PGA Tour, you know that if you just keep playing halfway decent over the next two years, you are going to have a legit chance to represent Europe at Bethpage Black for the European Ryder Cup team. Has the Ryder Cup and and, and, and having an opportunity to play on one of those for Europe, has that been a goal of yours as well?
4: Yeah, so it is not a goal that I set up uh, like this year or the years before. Uh, it's, like, let's say, a lifetime goal. Uh, I think
3: Because I don't think, my point is, it's If you're not one of the big superstars in European golf, it's hard to make a Ryder Cup team, right? There's a lot. We saw that this year. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. At the back end, when the picks come out, they tend to look at guys that are playing in the U.S. Adrian Moronk is a great example. I mean, Adrian, it f- is. he's probably won four times in the last 18 months. He won a DP World tournament at Marco Simone, where the Ryder Cup was, and they went with guys that, one, had been on Ryder Cups before, but they pretty much went with people that were playing on the PGA Tour. Yeah, true. So for you now, you're going to be in all of these events. You're exempt for two years. This gives you now an opportunity, even in February of 2024, you can say, okay, this can now become a real real goal this isn't a lifetime goal that everybody that plays golf that is a a pro in europe says yeah one day i'd really love to to play on a ryder cup and you and i both know the majority of people that say that will never even have the opportunity you now have a legit chance to by the end of this year you could basically solidify your position on the ryder cup team by the end of 24 and 25, you're just basically getting measured for the close because you already know you're going to be on, on the flight over.
4: Yeah, that would be amazing. As I say, it's a lifetime goal, which, uh, which is kind of changed right now. Uh, no, I think it's just that the, um, the PGA Tour give you, give you more values. As as we said, uh, we compete every week against the best player in the world. And I think Mr. Luke Donald is uh, is uh, looking uh, closely uh, at this. I think for sure when you have only on some of the DP World Tour even you only have maybe five, six guys playing, which are the top hundred in the world on every tournament. It's not... Is not good enough to to see if you can compete as a in a high level uh, golf tournament with a uh, lot of good players and a lot of uh, pressure you know so yeah it makes the the, the pj2 more value it makes you more legit let's say if you have good results here yeah, for sure 100 percent. and uh, i mean the captains they've played uh, in both in europe in america so they know what they are doing so if they kind of tends to, uh, to select someone who plays, uh, more in America and who, who plays good over there. I think it's for a reason. And, uh, yeah, for sure, um, Ryder Cup could be, um, could be big for me. I I dreamt about it so many times, but now, um, I like to set up goals which are like in front of me, not too far away. So if I just keep getting a little bit better, a person better every every month, every every year, um, great things will will happen.
3: I mean, the I mean, we're always looking at the the start of the year as coaches. We're always saying, okay, you you've got the West Coast swing, and then you'll have the Florida swing, and the guys that get out to a really good start on the West Coast, you know, they're the ones that, again you're looking, it's hard not to look forward, but you're currently leading the FedEx Cup. You, you win in San Diego, you go to Pebble Beach, it's rain shortened. Okay, you finish third. Again, we're five, six weeks in. By the time we get to Florida, there's probably going to be a good chance that you're still going to be leading the FedEx. So my point behind that is, just like the Ryder Cup conversation, you get off to a fast start. How have you had to adjust and how are you going to manage your expectations because when you teed it up in Hawaii your expectations on what you thought 24 was going to be like are a hell of a lot different than what your expectation now because now yeah you want to win yeah you want to play in all the majors yeah you want to contend in majors those are all dreams and goals and things you want The dream has become reality. You're now in every golf tournament for the next two years that really matters, right? You're in all the majors. And you know, Matthew, that confidence is so important. I always say this on the podcast. Brooks has won five majors. Everyone asks him which is the hardest to win. He says the hardest one to win is the first one because after that, you kind of know what to expect. Do you feel like... Now, when you get into contention, having won... Yes, you've won in Europe before. Yes, you won in the Challenge Tour and the ops Tour. There's a big difference between winning and then winning on the PGA Tour. And then the other thing is, you won on one of the hardest golf courses or one of the best golf courses they have on the PGA Tour. Tigers won there a trillion times. John Rahm's won majors there. Tigers won a major there. I mean, some of the best players in professional golf have won on a really difficult golf course, that has to give you tremendous confidence moving forward.
4: Yeah, exactly. And um, the, the most important for me it gives confidence on my work, like what we put into work with my physical coach, with my putting coach, with my technical coach, with everybody in my team. Um, it is a big reward when you win because it shows that what you've done in the past uh, it shows you that it worked so b- building that confidence with my team it's even bigger for me because when we know everything is clear we are w- um, we are working in the right direction gives me even more confidence so, so 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 that was the thing after yes the most important is uh what you have between you two ears. um might change slightly i'm not gonna hide it But as I said, we have a good team. I think, uh, which is good for me, is like to uh, set up uh, some uh, nice, um, some nice, uh, how do you say, um, some nice goals. Um, I'm always, I'm not really into points or um, like rankings and stuff. I am more on, on me what I have to do to get better every day. And uh, yeah, by doing those uh, small goals about what I have to to work on and stuff like this, this is where I think uh, I will uh, create more opportunities in the future for um, maybe majors of uh, or Ryder Cup starts.
3: And the other thing now is when you get your next opportunity, which you will have more opportunities this year, you know that there are going to be tournaments where you're going to be one of those four or five guys on the back nine on Sunday that are right around it does the mindset now go, why not me again? I mean, why not me? I mean, yeah, you've always thought that you were good enough to win, right? But until you actually do it, and then you win on the PGA Tour yes. against the best players in the world on an iconic, very tough golf course, the, the thought process has got to be, I can do this again.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, this is already what I felt a little bit in uh, in the Tory. I said I won one on the in Europe. That I I know how I manage my days, my emotions. So I just tried to repeat same process and see how my process was working overseas, and it it worked. So next time, just trying to repeat the same thing, but with maybe a little more confidence. And uh, now I know that because I've done it once. I got a little bit freedom, let's say, in my mind, and uh, that, that maybe I could be dangerous in uh, in some uh, of the last round this season.
3: Let's go back to that final round. You were talking to some of our juniors here, and um, the final round, you started two, I think, two shots back. Um, you were in the second-to-last group, or the last group. You're in the last group, and you have the absolute dream start to winning your first PGA Tour event, you bogey the first hole. <laughs> but I heard you say something I thought was very interesting to the juniors, that sometimes that can be a good thing. How can bogey in the first hole when you're trying when you're two shots back and you're in the last group and you know you're going to be playing a really difficult golf course under very difficult conditions? It's cold out there in San Diego. It'd been wet. It'd been raining. It's not like it's perfect conditions. Um, what was the mindset? And why is it... Why did that... Help you?
4: Yeah, uh, this is what I say to to my cali. I said uh, it is not too bad to start with a bogey because then. I am already like deep in the battle I will have to fight back and sometimes it's better because when you start some of the rounds and you're scared to miss then this is where you started making more and more mistakes and me I made the mistakes on the first so I was like okay now we have to fight back and so I had to play every shot very committed and very uh, with a lot of energy and positivity in my mind and uh, it really helped me like uh, every time I show up on the golf course whatever it's the first round or or the last round I always try to beat the golf course. I think if you beat it every time all year long you're going to do great and that's my mindset uh it's really me against uh, the golf course uh, more than me against the field and uh yeah bogeying bogeying that that first hole was like okay he's one he's one up on me uh let's try to chase that golf course and uh, beat him uh, beat him at the end of the day
3: you followed up the bogey off the first with four more birdies on the front right yeah and then you had a lot of stretches of pars. The good thing that I think you were... I think what won you the golf tournament was the way that you played the really tough stretches at Tory. Once you make that turn, you go down, and then you've got the... It really starts at the par three. What's at the 12th or the 13th? Yeah. And then you're going straight out to the ocean. You've got a par four that if you miss the fairway, you're making bogey. Then you've got a par five. I mean... The great thing about Torrey, and I think why everybody likes it, it's a little bit like Riviera, is you can't hide. You have to, the golf course demands what shots you have to hit. And there are a lot of shots from the middle of the fairway there. There are a lot of shots from the tee box where you just know you have to hit the fairway. It might not look penal, but you know that if you miss the fairway, or if you miss a green, you're struggling to make a bogey.
4: Yeah, it is like this at Torrey. Every time you miss the fairway, you're in trouble. It's pretty much you're going to make a bogey. So uh, yeah, it's it that that golf course, I think is pushing you to show the best, uh, which is great. It's a golf course where instead of trying to keep the ball in play, you have to hit the right shot at the right time. And this is nice because sometimes on those last runs when you, you can be stressed, you kind of... Under play, let's say, you're trying to be too cute to keep the ball, hit maybe the ball a little bit softer and maybe too much in the middle of the green and stuff like this. And uh, it makes you play like so-so. And that golf course really push you to hit the best shots on every every like opportunities. And I think this is what I like the most because I failed two times uh, losing tournament on tough ones. And that time I was like, okay, that's a tough one. It's going to be tough for everyone. If you want to succeed on that golf course today, you will have to to hit some pretty good shots and you have to aim every t- every time you hit a shot. You will have to aim to do a good shot and not like a, just an okay shot.
3: And I heard one of the things that, that again, I, I thought was really very relevant for the juniors listening. You told them that one of the differences between what you did at Torrey when you won is you'd had chances to win on DP World before in the final round, you were leading late and you let it slip away because maybe you were trying not to lose and trying to play too conservative. And you mentioned that the mindset on Sunday was, okay, I'm trying to win my first PGA Tour event. I've got to go out and try and win win the golf tournament today as opposed to try and go out and try and not lose. What is the difference between, in your mind, when you're in that mindset of, okay, I'm just trying not to hit a bad shot. I'm just trying not to get in too much trouble here. And then the difference between you say, okay, I see my target. I have a very good idea of what I'm trying to do here. And, and one of the things, again, that you said to the juniors that I really liked, you said on Sunday at, at, at Tory, at the farmer's, you tried to make committed golf swings. What yeah. does that mean to you as the player?
4: That's key. I think when you try to not lose or not make mistakes, this is where you make the most. So everything you could do is like control your process, control your mind, and, and try to hit the best shot every day, every time. And me, that was, that was like playing Torrey as a very tough golf course because I had to hit the ball far let's say uh straight and to hit those great shots if you are in the golf course which is a little bit more open a little bit easier when everybody drops uh, make a lot of birdie it could be could be very different like you know it's going to be tough and the only way you can win that trophy is like stepping in and really go get it instead of tr- not trying to lose it and that's that's a big difference mentally
3: You're 26 in the world now. Uh, when you turned pro in 2013, you were ranked almost close. You were almost close to a thousand. I mean, you were 890 <laughs> yeah, in the, in the world amateur rankings. So the, so how'd you do it? Because there are so many players, like you said, not everybody is Rory McElroy, right? Not everybody comes out and has immediate success. We know the players that do that. But there are a lot more players, Matthew, like yourself, that it has been a longer journey. It's been, you know, I say this all the time. the ten thousand hour rule, the ten year rule. I am li- I started working on the European Tour in two thousand and two Um, Trevor Immelman was the first player I worked with, and in two thousand and twelve, I was working with Ernie Ells when he won the, the Open Championship at, at Lytham. It was 10 years. You turned pro in t- 2013, and in t- 2024, you win. So a lot of people look at that and think, oh, it's an overnight success. They haven't seen the 10 years of work that you put in. What is the one thing over the last decade that you've done, that you think has done, that has led you to this point now?
4: Um never let it go i mean it's uh, all about work Uh, it's all about discipline it's not about working out for 15 days and stop a week uh, or two it is uh, it is consistency like if you work, it's better to work a little bit every day than uh then very hard for 15 days and then do whatever you want for like 10 days and kind of losing go with friends and and party and stuff the thing is uh i always wanted to succeed in uh in my sport uh, i always wanted to to just become the best version of me and uh, it, it is small effort that you do every day that uh, at the end makes a really big difference compared to 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 other ones also i i always planted myself like on a career point of view something which gonna last long and not something which has to come now or just tomorrow so i think this way of thinking for me because i was not the best uh, amateur player when i was young uh, took me a lot of um took me away a lot of weight and expectation and i always felt like i had time to build that career but at the same time i was working a lot for for several several years
3: is it hard when you i mean i think you you sound like you have a fairly honest evaluation of kind of yourself and your game. And I think there are a lot of players and a lot of young players out there listening. I think it's important to be honest with yourself and to say, listen, okay, I don't necessarily have some of the tools that some other players have, but that doesn't mean that I can't still have a really great career because I'm going to have to do these things because I don't have maybe the distance of someone like a Rory McIlroy I don't maybe have the putting stroke of someone that puts lights out so do you feel like the fact that when you turned pro that you weren't higher ranked that you weren't turning pro with more kind of buzz and fanfare do you think that maybe helped you because you knew you had to work extra hard to get to that next level
4: yeah, I always liked uh, to be the underdog because uh, when I play with people which are better than me, I want to beat them so bad. So by wanting to beat them so bad makes me be a better player. I work harder. I try to, 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 to reduce that gap. And uh, this is why I dreamed uh, about America so much because tomorrow, let's say, if I go on the golf course, I'm going to have like guys playing with me who won majors who won pga tours who made Ryder cups and stuff like this and uh, getting out there and uh, get my ass kicked a lot i would i would enjoy i would uh, enjoy that a lot i mean when you're home and uh, you play with uh, young guns from your golf club and you 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 beat them it's uh, it's always fun but this is not where where you learn the learning process is is failure like uh, if you fail a lot, you learn a lot, and uh, getting uh, your ass kicked is uh, is a bad fitting, but it's pretty good for my game.
3: <laughs> Lastly, how much are you looking forward to your first real, not the co-sanctioned one, but when you go back to a real DP World Tour event, being able to walk onto that driving range as a winner on the PGA Tour? I mean, it's gotta just—it's go, going to be a really cool because you know, you—I mean. You, when somebody wins on the PGA Tour that plays full-time in Europe, when they come back to Europe, you look at them differently and you see them differently, right? You're like, okay, he's won in America now. I mean, that, it, that, that's, that's pretty good. You're going to be one of those guys now. It must be really exciting for you to think about when you go back that everybody's going to be like, you made it. You, you yeah. came from where we came from and you made it.
4: To be to be fair, it's uh, it's really big for for me getting all the respect from uh, those uh, those players, uh, guys. They they know how how tough it is on every tourma- tournaments we played, So every time someone comes to me and say congrats, it's uh, it's massive for me because uh, they know how hard it was to get there. Um, some of my friends told me like in France it was. Quite mad for uh, for a few days. Everybody was so happy for me, and I had not the chance to to go back in my hometown and see uh, all those people, or also back on tour and uh, and share some moments with uh, the other French players. So yeah, I think it's going to be pretty special, special going back to Europe, and uh, for sure it would be later this season after the Fedex, but uh, it would be uh, it would be awesome time to share with them.
3: Well, I I'm just really excited to watch. Um, Kind of what you do because i i really do think that this is going to be a springboard for your career and i'm i'm going to say it now i am going to be absolutely shocked if you are not one of the players playing against the united states in uh beth page at the Ryder cup and the next time we do it because i think you've got the type of game to do it and uh i'm excited to see what you could do just going to put this out there um when when you asked if if you could come up and practice There are ulterior motives for me allowing this. Um, You are from Bordeaux. I'm just gonna put that out there now. You are from Bordeaux. They make good red wine. Um, The guy on this side of the table is a fan of good red wine. So um, you are always welcome back anytime. Just bring gifts.
4: Yeah, no problem. (laughs) And next time I will come, I will bring some good Bordeaux red wine and we will enjoy it together for sure.
3: Great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks a lot, Claude. So really cool talk there with a player that, listen, at the start of this year, you have no idea what your first year on the PGA Tour is going to be, but to get a win early, I think that is going to set Matthew up in, in a very, very different mindset than maybe he had at the start of the year, because now he will he's a good enough player to where he will get in contention in some more tournaments, and if you've won one before already this year, you've got to think, hey, it can be me again this week, but... A cool story and one of those guys that we're going to see this, right? We're going to see the top 10 best players off of DP World every year get full cards on the PGA Tour and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what those players do with it. Matthew has taken massive advantage of it and uh, really cool talk and I'm excited to see what he does in 2024. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Son of a Butch comes to you every Wednesday. We will see you next week.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.